0: Welcome back everyone to Your Life, God's Word, where we take the principles found in scripture and we apply them to our everyday lives, those areas that are most important, faith, family, and community. In this episode, we discuss how the Bible personifies Lady Wisdom, Lady Wisdom as the chief pursuit of our lives and how this will unfold other areas in our lives, to benefit, things like our financial picture, our health. We also discuss how the wisest thing to do is to rightly prioritize God, putting Him first. And then we move into the end of Proverbs chapter 3, showing how this right prioritization, walking in wisdom and making God chief in our lives, how that will translate into rightly serving and treating those around us. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive right into this episode. Hey, 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 what's up, everybody? Don't forget, before we dive into this episode, smash that subscribe button on YouTube. Definitely go into the uh, the store on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this, whatever service you're listening to this. Give us a review. Let us know what, uh, what your thoughts are, how we're doing. Um, we welcome negative feedback. If it's something we can make actionable, right? Uh, You don't like something in the Bible, that's not really our wheelhouse. (laughs) But if you have suggestions on content or something like that, hey, let us know. We definitely would like to, uh, definitely would like to hear your thoughts. Uh, Speaking of your thoughts, you can go to podcast at breadbreakers.com, podcast at breadbreakers.com, and you can Leave us your thoughts there if you'd like to uh, email us, maybe uh, content suggestions, things like that. And speaking of breadbreakers.com, if you would like to support the ministry um, in any way, you can do that. You can give right there on the website. It's fully secure and all that stuff. But um, definitely a way for us to get more of these episodes out there and continue making content. However, the greatest thing, share this. If you have people family members, co-workers, friends that you're concerned about, that you love, that you want to have a steady diet of the Word of God and things that affect their lives, and just to have people serve Jesus better, um, then share this with them. Just hit that little button on YouTube or if you're listening to it on Spotify, it's very easy to share these with people. You can text it to somebody, email it, lots of different ways. Anyway, so we're continuing our series on Proverbs, and we, we went through sort of how to, how to scripturally trust the Lord last time. Um, this time, we're still in Proverbs chapter 3, but this time we're going to talk about uh, wisdom, just talk about wisdom a little bit, right? I mean, the book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom, uh, but there's a lot of places within it that it just kind of stops, puts things in perspective. And uh, discusses wisdom in, in just sort of a, um, a more proper sense so that we can step back from the individual nuggets of wisdom and just think about wisdom at, in in toto, right, as, as a whole. And so in verse 13 of Proverbs chapter 3, this is where this kind of starts, in this chapter at least. So if you want to follow along, I, I usually read these in the ESV. That's the version I'm sort of... Uh, you know, reading and using it a little bit more now. I've used lots of versions over the years. I've read almost every major version you can think of. Um, but I, again, I, I just like the the methodology and stuff, with the ESV, and there are many others that are good as well. But if you're looking and trying to follow along and you're like, hmm, that, that's worded a little different, that's why. It, this is the ESV. So uh, Proverbs 3.13, Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her wisdom is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Let's stop right there on verse fifteen. Nothing you desire can compare with with wisdom. Now this is uh, you know a personification of of wisdom as a as a female. Um, talking about wisdom as a her and she this and her that, and the Bible uses things like this personification, you know, there's a lot of places where the Bible will personify the Word of God um, and, and, and other things um, to, you know, again, using literary devices that we are used to, personification, metaphor, uh, hyperbole, uh, simile, all these different things that, you know, we might have learned about in a class in high school and then have tried our best to forget, but for some reason I'm able to rattle at least those ones off. <laughs> I'm doing doing better than I would have thought, uh, but um, we we understand that wisdom is this principle thing, and the Bible is a Bible. The Bible is a Bible. How profound! The Bible is a book of of priorities, and the the scriptures recognize the the need for things. Right when you go to um, you know, the New Testament talks about, you know, seeking first the kingdom of God and these types of things. I mean, the Bible says, look, your Heavenly Father knows you have need of basic needs, you know, food, shelter, clothing, but the the, the Christian perspective should not be on those things first and foremost. The Christian perspective that those who are truly following Christ, we know we have these needs, we know we have these things, uh, but our perspective, priorities should be set higher. Our priorities should be set heavenward. Uh, the scriptures say to, you know, don't look on the things uh, that are below, but the things above. The, the scriptures say to set your, your heart and your treasure, right, on what? Eternal things, because where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. So, set your treasures on things above. You know, look, look past the material things of this world. Look past uh, the, the the temporal, um, in, in Corinthians, Paul says, you know, we look not on the things that are temporal, but the things that are that are eternal. And, and again, the we there is talking about people who are walking in the Spirit, the people who are the ecclesia, the elect, the church. It but many people do start to get their eyes sort of like Peter walking in the water. Right, he was looking at Jesus. He's everything's fine. He starts looking around. He starts sinking. That's a perfect analogy of exactly how we can be if we don't rightly prioritize. And, and and we have it's like a little pendulum, you know. Sometimes we swing to the to the side where it's like, yes, we're rightly prioritizing. and you start to swing back the other way. We need to try and keep it over in that in that realm of yes, we know there are things in life. You have family. You have you know if you're married, if you got you know, you've got a job, you got responsibilities, things like this. But those are a separate priority from the things that really matter. And so. When the scriptures talk about, uh, you know, her gain is better than the gain from silver, her profit better than gold, it's not saying that y- you can just be really wise and therefore you're going to be very very rich with gold. I and mean, you can be very wise and you could say, I don't want to chase after gold. I, I, I want to use my wisdom for other things. So it's a, it's a, a matter of perspective. Uh, wisdom is the principal thing. It is the chief thing and we should seek it. Um, and, but this is what this is what the scriptures are telling us. Nothing you desire can compare with her. To be wise is to really have benefit in all aspects of life. If you are wise, a wise person, you're going to understand things like there's a lot that you don't know. You're going to learn and grow continually. You're going to constantly, you know, be be bettering yourself and things like this. But if you're wise when it comes to health, problems in our health you're going to have a, a wise way of handling that, right? Issues with, you know, you know, my feet are hurting, my back's hurting, I've got this, you know, this pain on, you know, internal things going on, whatever it is, it, it, your wisdom will help if God doesn't heal us from those things. Wisdom will help to, hey, maybe I need to, I've done this in my personal life. At one point, I was... uh very overweight, I don't know if I was like obese necessarily, but you know, in the last four or five years, if you look at me for say four years ago, um, easily, easily 15 to 20 more pounds, um, maybe even more than that. And, uh, weaker. Um, I've always gone to the gym and stuff like that because I just, you know, see it as a good way to, um, promote health and that kind of stuff. But in the last, I'd say in the last two, three years, I've gotten significantly, um, stronger in lots of areas of of my body legs arms you know back core so i've lost you know 15 20 pounds or so while also gaining strength and some muscle and things like that so um, why why though why because of health because you know you you know the hip bones connected to the leg bone and when we have issues in health it's a wise perspective to look at it holistically, not just take some pill that the doctor gives us to alleviate whatever this symptom is. Now, some doctors are not that way, but some of them are that way, and uh, there's nothing wrong with taking some medicine or whatever, but if you have an underlying problem, you know, a lot of people suffer from back pain and stuff. Um, sometimes this is because of an accident that we had, right? Oh, I was in this car accident and my my spine. Okay, what can I do? to do something here, strengthen the muscles in the back. Will that help to realign? Do I need, you know, is surgery necessary to get this thing on track where it needs to be? And then going forward, I need to take, you know, care of my spine, care of my muscles, care of my, you know, some people have hurt discs and stuff, but it's because of bad posture. I, again, that's another thing I work on I try to work on my posture. We're sitting in front of a desk all day like this. you know, my day job is I sit in front of a desk a lot and then stuff like this, right? It's easy to just get that slump over, but you try to actively work against it and you do things against it. That's on a health side, monetarily, with money, um, with finances, with debt, with all of this, right? If we have wisdom, We'll do better in that. We'll learn from people. We'll learn, we'll know, and we'll incorporate that. We'll make changes, maybe sometimes hard changes, maybe sometimes sacrifices, but wisdom will let us know these things will turn out better for us and our uh, generations after us um, in the long run. And so, again, this is true. Nothing we desire can compare to wisdom because you can get a lot of gold, but then really mess up in your health because you weren't wise and die early. And what's all that gold going to do for you? But if we get wisdom and we treat it and we use it in all aspects of life, then we are much better off. So verse 16 says, long life is in her right hand. (laughs) In her left hand are riches and honor. That's what I just said, right? It's talking about wisdom applied across the board. It's not just wisdom in God or just wisdom for making money. It's saying wisdom in general. And that's why long life in her right hand riches and honor in the left hand, right? Because when you are a wise person across the board, you're going to apply that to all areas of life. Uh, Verse 17, her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is, talking about wisdom again, a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed, um, you know, again, you know, sometimes, and I know this this scripture may not be directly addressing this, but I think it's a good opportunity here. You know, talk about you know, there's a there's a little little bit of a kind of a parable or a story that that goes along with this. It's the par- the the businessman comes out to the farm, and the farmer is walking around, and they're both godly men. They are. Uh, They love God, and uh, they're just talking about the Lord and talking about, you know, business and things going on. And the farmer is is showing the businessman, you know, look, you've invested in this farm, and I'm here working it, and uh, this has turned out well for us. And he's showing him the fields, and he's showing him the crops, and he's showing him, and he looks over from a hill, and says man this is just a great you know great thing we've got going here and the the businessman turns and says wow you know god has truly blessed you god has truly blessed this land and the farmer looks at him and just says something profound yes god has blessed tremendously and i give him all the glory and thanks but you should have seen it when he had it by himself you should have seen it when he had it by himself Right Now, again, I know people can take this like, oh my gosh, that's... No, it's recognizing the need for application, the need for a little bit of grit, putting the shoulder to the plow. God has chosen to use people. And God partners with men to facilitate blessing right? Give and it will come back to you, good measure, you know, right? Heaped up, pressed down, shaken together, running over all that. Shall men give into your bosom? Now, when people see the men giving into, my, how blessed this person is. My, how, wow, God just opened up the windows of heaven. No, I mean, God didn't just rain down blessing. God gave certain abilities and certain opportunities, and it's up to us to take advantage of them. Sometimes God will open up a door of opportunity, and somebody is too foolish to walk through it uh, or too lazy to walk through it, or they see the sacrifice in the short term and, 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 and medium term that's required to make this happen and they don't want to do it. Uh, God, there are many times that God opens up doors for people of opportunity for a better family life, for uh, making a directional change in our maybe in raising our children, uh, for having a better marriage for career. I mean, lots of things, and people don't take advantage of it. People aren't wise enough to jump on it, and I think this goes really well with this. Those who hold fast, hold her fast wisdom, are called blessed. Yes, people will see the results. They'll see the long life. They'll see the riches and honor, They'll, and they'll call you blessed, but understand when you see the fruit of a blessed life, that generally is not just somebody that God just liked a lot and just decided to rain down gold out of heaven and rain down health. And it's somebody who, yes, they were blessed of God, but they didn't squander the blessings. Let's let's take another scriptural example. The prodigal son, was he blessed? Yes, both brothers were extremely blessed. The father had provided all blessings. Of, of this sustenance and a, and a house and servants and, and all of this right? And then the prodigal son squandered it foolishly and came to absolute poverty. Why? Because they were foolish. they were he was not wise. All this blessing and he's eat, he wanted to eat out of a, out of a pig trough. Again, That's what happens if we're blessed of God, but don't partner with Him and hold fast to wisdom and operate in wisdom. And I want to really just hit that home because so many people, it's easy to look at the end of somebody or the end result. Somebody in their 40s or 50s that has a great prayer life and it's like, wow, you're so blessed of God they they dug that out over time they had to sacrifice time they had to sacrifice energy they had to you know push away the plate and d- dive into fasting and now you're seeing the result uh somebody with a with a great family you know good marriage raised up kids that are you know solid uh citizens of the world okay i don't mean that in some pagan sense i mean people that are you know someone that you you wouldn't mind your kid marrying right daughters that are they got their you know they've got their head on their shoulders and they're they're good people sons that are you know good men of god and these kinds of things and it's good oh how blessed you are man you must have hit the the child rearing lotto no a lot of times people are they weren't there when the tough decisions were being made when the kids were crying and screaming and wanting this and mom and dad said no and i hate you and i i can't stand you the worst parent ever all my friends parents are doing this i've i've actually set my kids down before and they're not that old um but there are times we have those conversations and it's like you know well so and so lets their kid and i'll just say well you know that's unfortunate that their parents don't love them enough to tell them no in this area and here's here's where that can lead. Here's what can be a problem with that. Um, oh, they get to eat as many as much sweets as they want. Okay, honey. Well, let's let's sit down and talk about that. Sugar is terrible for you. It rots your teeth. It can it can it help uh, generate cancer and all kinds of things in our body. And do we do we want to rot our teeth and have cancer and and you know mess up brain function and all this stuff by having too much sugar? Well, no. So is it really loving? To just allow somebody to have as much sugar as they want, well, I guess not. See, now that's a hard conversation to have with your kid, and it's hard to tell them no. And that's a very small thing. As they get older, there's all kinds of things we have to be able to tell our children no. Well, everybody else is doing it. Even people in the church are doing it. My my good bestie over here that I was just in a prayer meeting with her at, you know, at church, and now their parents are letting her do this. So, <laughs> right. Being around the people of God doesn't make you wise. Holding fast to wisdom makes you wise. Making the hard choices makes you wise. Sacrificing on behalf of godly principles and wisdom makes you wise. So, I think, again, those who hold her fast are called blessed. Yes, but understand, it's not hitting the the wisdom lottery. It's not, oh, you're just, oh, mm -hmm, you've got, you know, God must really have his eye on you, or something. It's not like that, you know, and, and God really often blesses people, and they never, it never comes to anything, and I think it's very, very apropos for the, um, for the, uh, the analogy or the parable there, you know, the farmer and the businessman, yeah, they should have seen it when God had it by himself, though, right? Yeah, he created all the land, but it was overrun with vines, and... It looked nothing like this. Why? Because blessing plus, plus our doing in wisdom, that is where the money is. Um, Verse 19, back to Proverbs chapter three. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Again, reiterating both the preeminence of wisdom and how it can bless you and help you in life, but also recognizing how it's, it is it is possible to lose sight of where... We are, and how we got there. I'll give you some examples there, right? It's often uh, in pastoring and working with people and things like that. It's often that people will get to a place where they are they're doing well. they I mean they're doing well in God. Things are kind of they're just just falling into place, you know, quote unquote, falling into place, and these kinds of things. And then there's a turn. There's an, something happens and. Now there's a turn and things start going downhill. And when you kind of do a, a post-mortem on that, you start backing up and doing an autopsy on what, what failed, what went, what went wrong here. A lot of times, people stop doing the things that got them to that place of, again, quote-unquote, blessing. And that's where the problem comes in. A lot of times people are, you know, God is blessing, but it's because that person, they're walking with God, they're putting Him first, they're rightly prioritizing Him, that kind of stuff. Then they stop doing that. They're blessed now. They've got this business to run. You know, I'm blessed. God has blessed so much. He's blessed me so much in my family that I got to miss church every other weekend to take my kids on vacation. I'm pretty sure God is going to turn the blessing spout off at that point and this is what happens and then and then problems arise and issues happen and craziness in the family or you know something out of nowhere just hits us or something in the business and it's like oh and then again right when when that happens it just looks like life stuff oh a sickness or oh man you know the lost my people in in the supply chain at work and got to scramble for things but what we don't recognize in stepping back is sometimes those things can be avoided if we would put God first, and He would take care of some of that stuff for us in that blessing mode, in that vein of we're walking in the blessings of God. That is often overlooked because what we see is results in the physical, and so we think this is something physical. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of you know anxiety and 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 angst and stuff in the household. All of us, all of a sudden, quote unquote, right? And that means we need to take even more vacation. We need to really just step back and relax and get away and escape and all. And actually, no, what actually needs to happen is more family prayer focus needs to happen. Uh, we actually have been missing a little too much connection with the body of Christ, and God is taking his hands of blessing off of the family. And often we just discount that. We don't really understand and realize how much God is doing and helping and working until He puts the kibosh on it, right? (laughs) And so sometimes we can get in that little spiral where we see physical things, things in the natural, and we're not thinking in wisdom, and we're not thinking in 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 the spiritual. And so we think there's a natural, we see a natural symptom, and we think the cause must be natural and the answer must be natural. And so I'm going to throw more work at it. I'm going to throw more time at it. I'm going to throw more, you know, whatever. And instead, what we need to do is step back and start leaning on God more and rightly prioritizing him. And I think this is sort of what, what he's capturing here. My son, do not lose sight of these, right? Don't lose sight of it because as the blessing comes and the, and the, you know, things start rolling in and things are flowing and the dominoes are just falling in the right direction. It's easy to forget why. What was the catalyst? What started this? It was wisdom and uprightness before God and rightly prioritizing Him. So we need to continually remind ourselves of that and not lose sight. Uh, Verse 23, then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. We've already covered that. That's how you don't stumble. You continually walk in wisdom before the Lord. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Why? Because you're walking in wisdom. You're putting things in place via wisdom, or is it vis-a-vis? Wisdom. Okay. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. See, this is, again, this this idea that the Lord is working on your behalf. You're walking in wisdom, yes, but the Lord is working on your behalf. He honors those and blesses those who walk in wisdom, and as we said in the beginning, right? rightly prioritizing, this is the wisdom of God. This is not just human wisdom. This is not conventional worldly wisdom this is your walking in the wisdom of god which first and foremost you shall have no other gods before me right um the lord our god the lord is one you shall love him with all your heart soul mind and strength that is the wisest thing we can do and so if everything stems from that attitude then this is what we will have don't worry about it god will take care of some of these things that are outside of your control God will help keep you. You know, you got got the, the destruction happening in Jerusalem and people carried off to Babylon, but God is able to keep this remnant of people either left behind or people that t- get taken to Babylon. But you know what? I will keep you and I will take care of you in this foreign land because you are mine. Not every person, but those that are His. And so, again, it's just better all around when we keep God at the forefront. It is the wisest thing to do. Um, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due uh, when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again. Tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm, do not envy a man of violence, and do not choose any of his ways. For the devious person is an abomination to the Lord, but the upright are in his confidence. Showing that dichotomy, right? The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but the but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Again, this dichotomy, there's two sharp contrasts here. There's those with the Lord, there's those not. What does it say? One's an abomination, one is in his confidence. One has his curses, the other has his blessings. Verse 34, toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. So this last um, portion here, kind of verses 28 through 35, you see how wisdom—we're talking wisdom, blessing, long life—all this stuff, right? We're blessed of God. We're, uh, we're we're walking before Him. We're reaping the benefits. But now, it's sort of showing how, hey, you know what? This should also turn into a a way that we approach others, our our fellow man, right? We should be people who are compassionate, kind, loving. These are things that will stem from godly wisdom. We're not going to plan evil against our neighbor, right? We're not going to uh, contend with a man for no reason, right? We're not going to do violence and harm to people. And this is the natural outflow of wisdom. I said the wisest thing that we can do is to put God first, but if you uh, if you recall that um, Jesus, when he was when he was asked, what is you know what what what's the greatest what's the greatest commandment? Um, Jesus put it like this. This is Mark chapter twelve. One of the scribes came up, heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So, it's important to understand, when we're, when we're talking wisdom, the wisest thing, the, the, the ultimate in wisdom, we already covered earlier in chapter 3, about trusting in the Lord, right? Uh, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. But from that, God first, of Lord, your heart, soul, mind, strength, from that will flow a way that, uh, the, a, a way that we treat our neighbor, a way that we treat others. If we truly love God, it will be reflected in how we live. It will be reflected in how we treat others. It will be reflected. Others will be able to see that we love God. There will be observable fruit that we love God. Yes, we will, people will be able ah, I'm getting tongue tied here. I don't know why. <laughs> but people will be able to see that we put God first in our priorities. Things like we we have a regular prayer life, we are in the word, we are connecting with the body of Christ, but they will also see our interactions with other people, our neighbor. They, they will see that that love of God and that connection with Christ, it, it's observable not just in the things we do and things we don't do, which that will happen, sanctification will happen in the life of every true believer, um, but they will also see this flow in our treatment of others, our, our our handling of situations, our interactions with our family, all of these things, people will be able to see that wisdom, that uh, right prioritization uh, in action. So I think I'll just uh, leave it right there. We, we finished up with chapter three. Hope this was a, a blessing to you. Again, don't forget breadbreakers.com where you can give, donate to the cause, Uh, Share this video, get it out there every time it is shared and and put in front of more and more people, obviously things like YouTube and Spotify these places that use algorithms and things to uh, push certain channels, the more that is generated, the more that we as a community share it and push it and all that. The more that those algorithms will say, "Oh, people are interested in this video," and it will just—it's a snowball effect. So please share. Every time you leave a comment, same thing. Every time you like the video, same thing. So let's keep that going. And again, if you'd like to uh, support us monetarily, definitely appreciate that. We do a lot more, obviously, than this uh, this podcast and ministering here locally to um, to the needs of the community and the fellowship and the and the ecclesia uh, in this local community. So we love you. God bless you, and we will catch you on the next podcast.